Hey Rebels, welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. It is a great day to be a Rebel Parent. Are you watching the Facebook Live videos every Monday and Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern at facebook.com slash Dobson. Also sign up for the newsletter by texting the word rebel to 444-999. Once again, text the word rebel to 444-999. We're going to jump into this broadcast in just one second. It's with my good friend, Ken Davis. Ken is a best-selling, award-winning author. He is on the radio all the time. He's a comedian, a speaker. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's also my friend. Ken helped me get my start in speaking as a career. He has helped me in my career along the way. He's been a mentor uh, in business and in my personal life. When I quit my job at Family Talk, I went to see Ken first at something called the Launch Conference. And when we started the broadcast, I knew I had to get him on. He's got so much wisdom. You are going to love him. Without any further ado, here is my friend, Ken Davis. Ken, what a pleasure to have you on the broadcast. We have video of this too because we're using Skype. We've got some great split screen. It's good to see you. Thanks for joining Rebel Parenting. Of all the people I thought of coming on the broadcast, I'm like, you know what, Ken, Ken is an ideal rebel parent. He thinks outside the box. We are going to have a great conversation. So thanks for joining us today. Well, you know, I wrote a book years ago called How to Live with Your Parents Without Losing Your Mind. <laughs> and then uh, we got so many requests from parents to write one for them. I wrote one called How to Live with Your Kids When You've Already Lost Your Mind. Oh, that's perfect. And then my kids got into their teen years and grew up and I wanted to have a book burning and burn both of them because I didn't know anything. Yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> uh, we cool. say that parenting is the only job that you don't know how good you did until the job's totally done. That's right. Oh, it's so That's scary. Right. So scary. Ken, how long have you been married? Uh, going on 50 years. This next year will be our 50th year. Yeah. yeah I'm 112 years old. <laughs> Well, you look amazing. I know I don't look it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Are you going to have a big party? Are you going to have a big celebration? You know, I think we will. On our 50th, I want to do something pretty special. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it'll be a party. Uh, it, it might be a party because our friends are very important to our, mm. to our lives. Yeah. Uh, but I might take her golfing in some exotic, you know, exotic place. Sure, and, sure, yeah. sure. Yep. That sounds nice. Oh, fantastic. 50 years. Okay. And how many kids? Uh, we have two children mm -hmm. and we have six grandchildren. Oh, yeah. So you started life out as a comedian, which is why we have kindred spirits, because I mm -hmm. secretly would love to be a comedian. And I <laughs> I write bits and then I only say them to Laura. And then and I they're do myself. always funny. I, I always I do like stand up them. routines for Laura and nobody else. So up, and, up until now. Yeah. Up until now. Yeah. I, your daughter, Tracy, and I are friends. I mm -hmm. have watched her parent. I have watched her be a daughter and mm -hmm. a business person. I think she is a superstar. And I want to talk to you as a parent, especially as a parent in the limelight. It makes that job mm -hmm. more difficult. It puts more pressure on kids. And especially in your marriage as well. Laura and I have the same thing. My parents had the same thing. What are some of the tools or things that you've learned over the years as a parent and a spouse to... I think sometimes uh, the pressures get more heightened 
And as regular parents, we can learn from that. So how have you learned to be a parent and a spouse in the limelight? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you moved from the tools. I thought you were going to say, what are some of the tools you use to avoid the problems? <laughs> I went through all the problems. Yeah. And I'm still discovering some of the, you know, some of the tools. Sure. Uh, I'm going to adjust uh, just a second here. I know you have a very uh, wonderful audience there. Uh, I adjusted volume audience mm. so you know what I was talking about. But the, the, what happened is, I'll, I'll tell you some of the mistakes. Mm. In, a, in a world like I lived in, everything was about me. Uh, people picked me up at the airport. I stayed in hotels. I would step off the stage and they, people would say, you're the most wonderful thing on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And I came home expecting my wife <laughs> to treat me that way. Uh, totally. I, I, I I'm serious. Yeah. I, I wanted that same kind of adulation mm. from the wife. So you get, you get home from People uh, just applauding you and standing ovations and wife says, you need to take out the garbage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, well, I don't take out garbage. I bring home big checks. That's what I do. That's my, your job is to take out the garbage. Uh, Listen, we can I pay someone to take the garbage out. <laughs> yeah. I'll make I the bacon. That. You got someone else to cook the bacon. Come on now. Yeah. Well, see, now you're a guy that's got tools. I never thought of the paying thing. <laughs> I just said, take it out yourself. And um, then I came to about a week later. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, came to because I was unconscious. Oh, yeah. um, but anyway, that was one of the problems mm -hmm. is, is to realize that I, I'm at home. I am not a public person. I am a husband. Mm. I am a father. Mm. I am whatever my role needs to be. Another thing that happened, Ryan, and I'm so glad you're talking about this because some of this is just stuff that I, we've, we've talked about, Diane and I have talked about, mm -hmm. is I would be gone at that time for weeks at a time. Wow. I'd be gone a week, come home for three days, leave again for another week. And Diane ran things at home. Right. Now, this is especially true with the kids. Mm -hmm. She was the disciplinarian. She was the she decided where we, they were going to go, what they were going to do. She arranged the day. Sure. When I came home, then I fully expected to take that role from her. Oh, yeah. In other words, I, I was going to run things now. I was going to decide what was going to happen. I was going to uh, put a, a judicial stay on the. You know, she had uh, grounded one of the kids. I was going to turn that around. So uh, that was another thing. Sure. That, that was another uh, item we had to deal with. And you're over a man. the you're a man. When yeah. Man, well, that was, when the yeah. man comes home from earning the bacon, <laughs> then the man takes control. The, you know, Laura and I talk about that. The re <clears throat> the reentry re process. Yeah. yeah. You know, I go on the road and speak, and she's got a way of doing things, and. Yeah. Kids get to do this. They don't get to do that. And I come home and it's like, fun, dad. Woohoo. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, that's right. Or it was fun, mom. And then I come home as disciplinarian yeah. dad and yep. take care business. The reentry yeah. process is tough. And you, yep. don't, you don't think about it. It just, nope. it's something that is new and you go, oh, oh yeah, that's, this is new. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's really true. I think another thing was in the beginning, she worked. Uh, with me, for me, whatever you want to say, uh, oh, doing yeah. bookings and stuff like that. So our relationship was a mixture of business and and uh, personal relationship, and it didn't work out well. It just did not work out how, well. How come? Because Ryan and I are right in the middle of that, so I'm just wondering <laughs> how come. 
Yeah. Well, I, I think that, uh, number one, uh, you can say things to a employee that you probably shouldn't say to your wife. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You, yeah. Um, and of course you say things to your wife, you shouldn't say to an employee, but that, that's another story altogether. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, um, I think that was part of it. I think even now she does a lot of bookkeeping work for mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. and I am stepping back from being gone all the time mm -hmm. and she's pretty busy all the time. Oh. So our lives have never really uh, run smoothly together. It's like two people with separate schedules, you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 And that happens often. So, you know, you talk about early on the selfishness because of the adulation and the adoration from places and the applause that you get. How do you put yourself in your own place? You know, okay. how, do you, how do you over time go, you know what? I'm just a dad and I'm just a husband yeah. at home. I'm not a superstar. Right. I, I've got to be that person. And when I go on the road, I'll get all the, th all the great things. But when I come yeah. home, how do you lose that? Well, it's taken me a long time for some of that. I think the first thing that happens is somewhere along the way, you stop believing uh, your press mm. uh, yeah. because you know your own, you know the depths of your own heart. Mm. Yeah. Now, if it stops there, it goes to very, very bad places because the next step has to be to believe with all your heart that God still loves you. Mm. And then you have the capability of making steps forward and uh, maybe demonstrating more than speaking into your kids and your wife's life that you love them in the, in the same way. Um, I would say the greatest thing that put me in my place were my own failures. Mm -hmm. That that really put me in my place. Uh, I often wondered if people really knew my heart and some of the mistakes I've made in my life, would they ever applaud again? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would would I even applaud them? Yeah. And the answer is probably no, but Jesus died for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so so you go through that stage and that helps you. I think that helps you become less um, self-centered. But still, as you go out there, I, I, I need to tell you this. Forgive me. My mind goes in a million directions. Good. When, me too. Whenever I have a good interview. <laughs> Freddie Prince took his own life. He was a comedian. I don't know if you remember Freddie Prince. One of the things he said before he died was, I can't hear them laughing any, anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe that uh, because I have been through somewhat of that, that's not all negative. Yeah. Uh, but it is negative if that's what you depend on. Right, right. I think yeah. that if you were to translate what was really on the depths of his heart, it would have been this. Their laughter no longer sustains me. Oh. Yeah. People's response to my punchlines, yeah. the, the big checks, the, um, the standing ovations, the adulation, somewhere along the, time, uh, uh, along the way loses almost everything. It's like wanting that new car. You want it so bad. You want it so bad. You want fame so bad. You want people to recognize your name. You get it. Mm. And it's just not there. It's not enough. Yeah, mm. yeah. So in terms of that, I really believe that it's taken almost almost 70 years. I'm 70 years old now. I didn't do a lot of form, you know, spiritual formation in my first couple years of my life. Basically, I just made weird noises and messed up <laughs> diapers and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. 
But the other, the other aspect of this that I think you would be interested in from the aspect of parenting is if you had asked me anywhere along the way, I would have said, I'm one of the best dads ever. Mm. I mean, I invested in an airplane so my kids could go with me. Mm. I'm a hunter. I took my kids hunting in the mountains with me. And one day, one of my daughters said to me, Dad, we did everything with you. You never did stuff with us. Oh. No, it was the truth. It was a yeah. revelation, but you know. How did that land for you at the time? Did you feel defensive? It, was it hurtful? No, 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 no. Not really. It was, mm. a, it was a, no, it wasn't. It, it, of course, it's hurtful because you recognize the truth, but it, it wasn't hurtful in the terms of she was trying to hurt me. It was, it was the revelation of a truth. Mm. Wow. When I took my daughter hunting, she would say things like, oh, look at that flower. And my response was, shh, yeah. you'll scare the deer away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, so I, I have in this stage of my life, as I step back, I am trying very hard to do things with them. My grandchildren, especially. I take my grandchildren racing little cars that go 40, 50 miles an hour. You, you, you can't really get hurt. Um, and... And uh, we race those cars, and I play chess with my grandson, mm -hmm. who is, uh, would I rather watch the, the Super Bowl? Um, probably. But when I'm done with that game of chess, and the little guy is, uh, mm. what is he, 11 years old, and has just whipped my backside <laughs> in chess, yeah. I go, you know, these are great moments. And then his dad pulls me inside, and he said, you know how important that is? Mm. How important those moments are? So it is such a fine line of having your children do stuff with you or taking time to do things with your children. Oh, I love but, that distinction. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Ken, when she said that, uh, did you make a change? Did you start looking for things that they wanted to do that you could do with them? I mean, you're doing it with your grandkids. Totally awesome. Did that make a change for you or was it? Oh, I became literally the perfect parent and grandparent <laughs> overnight, overnight. I knew you would, which is why you're on here today. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's what happened was mm. it made me aware. Yeah. You know, there's only one thing worse than being aware of your faults. And that's not being aware of your faults. Mm. Because other people can see them yeah. mm -hmm. and, and you don't get a chance to work. Only awareness makes you... I find it so fascinating. I saw, because I can see you, your listeners don't know this, but I can see you. I saw both of you recoil when when I said about what my daughter said to me about you did, yeah. you did, yeah. we did things with you, but you never did things with us. You know, Tracy, that's not a, I mean, she can be very confrontive, but that wasn't so much of a confrontive, you're a bad dad. It right. was just, this is what I missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, yeah. So what I started to do was to force myself out of the, it's all about me. Mm -hmm. We have jokes about this. You know, they'll still say, yeah, dad, it's all about you. And we laugh about it now. But the, the, it, I force myself out of that and realize that it's about other people too. Yeah. Everybody defers to me. My guess is your dad, uh, he and I are good friends. Yeah. I'll bet during the height of his career, everybody deferred to him. Of course. Right. Not many people uh, said, no, let's do this. And if they did, he probably could overrule them. And that's the way it was, especially in my home. 
and even among my friends, I think. And Ken, this is what some listeners don't understand. It goes a little bit beyond that. It's not just that people defer to him. He was right most of the time anyway. Yeah. And it, it builds that process. And, and we can do this to anybody at a job. If you're great at your job, even if you're not famous, you yeah. you know you're good at things. Uh, I remember my dad pitched the idea for Adventures in Odyssey radio drama. And the entire organization was like, nope, terrible idea. The board voted it down. They said, listen, Jim, we know that you have nostalgia for you know, listening to radio drama when you were a boy and TV wasn't around. But listen, it's modern era. Nobody's going to listen to this. And he's like, nope, we're going to do it anyway. And they said, we're going to lose our shirts. And it was the most successful thing Focus on the Family yeah. ever did to this day. To this, yeah. Yeah. And so when things like that happen, when the whole organization says it's going to fail and then it's the most successful Yep. I mean, you've got to have had situations like that to where you look at your family who are theoretically the only people in your life saying, you know, you're kind of selfish. You know, you're kind of self-centered. We, you know, you are the sun and we orbit you. And you're like, yeah. no, I don't think that's true. No one else tells me that. Yeah. It's hard as a husband and a dad. That's right. You know, what's interesting about this is almost all of the things that people see in a person like that almost all of the labels they would put on you actually originate from a place that's almost completely opposite. For instance, people will watch you on stage and they will watch your um, assertiveness or whatever it might be. And they will say, well, that's a person that is egotistical, um, narcissistic. And there may be some truth to that, but mm -hmm. those things come from a different place. Hmm. They come from unbelievable insecurity or at least they did in my life you know really? what i'm saying they're yeah. they're, they're a, yeah and and the reaction is a protective device mm. yeah. um uh you know i am not good at conflict or intimacy tell me the safest place from content and intimacy isolation the platform oh sure the Form. Yeah. Well, yeah, isolation. Because you're by the yourself isolate, on the platform. Yeah. 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 You're by yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nobody challenges you. You're in complete control. And it is easier for me to be intimate or was. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I'm learning, but it mm -hmm. was easier mm -hmm. for me to be intimate with 2,000 people than with one. Yeah. Or with two. Yeah. yeah. Easier for me to, to boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with thousands of people mm. and harder sitting across the coffee table with just one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just being honest. Sure. I don't know what it is. You two, I think it's your wife being there that just kind of <laughs> drags all of this out of me. I think that's what it is. Oh, it's all true. of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is a mirror. I mean, it's, we get the best interviews because Laura sits here and people feel yeah. safe with her because they can that's be, right. they can be safe that's with her. Right. It's true. That's right. Yeah. You know, Ken coming as a comedian, not only can you hold court from stage, but as a comedian, if anybody challenged your omnipresence on a platform, yeah. your job as a comedian is to put them in their place. Your job is to destroy. I mean, I watch, I've watched the, the documentary heckler, you know, that's your role is to be like, no, no, I am the most important. I, I make jokes about that. You know, people will call out and I'll go, no, no, no. I'm the one of the microphone. You've paid to see me. You can do this anywhere. I joke about those things. And so yeah. 
when you get into a situation, you're holding court and someone disagrees with you, the natural instinct is to be like, no, no, I'm always right. I'm on the one yeah. on the microphone. It's hard. Yeah. It, it does. It's, it's hard for pe I, I, anybody that's successful in a specific area. It makes them lonely in other areas mm -hmm. unless you're actively working to not be that way. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I met Laura, I'll be vulnerable too. Uh, I would call my representatives, my agents regularly and ask, you know, when's my next thing and how much am I getting and where do I have to fly and all this. And Laura goes, you know, she, they send all that to you, Ryan. It's all online. And I'm like, yeah, but I pay them. And so they should just be at my beck and call. And she really called me on the, and I hated it. It made me so mad. I would just leave hotel rooms, just disasters. And she's like, Ryan, this is embarrassing. You're, you're a bad witness. And I was like, what are you talking about? Without people like me, there wouldn't be maids. I mean, I'm creating jobs by being messy in my hotel room. And she was right. I was just kind of a big egotistical D-bag yeah. for a while. Yeah. I probably I don't, not supposed to uh, say that. But. I'm sort of on your side. I, I don't want to flush the toilet. Let them do it. I, yeah. <laughs> oh. I, can, I wish people could see her now recoiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's... It's hard. It's hard not to be selfish. I think it yep. really is. We, we were talking to Andrew Palau, uh, Luis's son, earlier today. We're going to air that broadcast too. And, and the letters his dad wrote him are harder. It's easier to be like, you know what you're doing is wrong, right? You're doing this wrong. I've told you a different way. You should be doing the different thing. You're not going to do yeah. that? All right, it's your fault. It's harder to go, how can I be a part of this? Is there any way that I've contributed to the behavior and the reaction? When Laura and I yeah. were first married... I was incredibly legalistic. I could not be more black and white. There is right, there is wrong, there is one way to do it. I know the way to do it, do it. Parented that way. And I'm trying to reverse those effects with my son because mm -hmm. I would shut him down so often. You know, when you say you're in the field going shh, mm -hmm. I just do that because my brain thought I was more important than what he was saying. Mm -hmm. and. It's hard now to look back and to do that reparative work and to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, your voice is valuable. Tell me everything you think. Tell me all of your ideas. I'm sorry I wasn't listening to them before. I hate that I wasn't, but please, can we start over? Will you share everything with me from now yeah. on? That's so good. You know, um, actually, those books I wrote weren't all that bad. There was a, I, I talked in there about the fact that... Uh, there was a tendency for me to do the same thing, to shut my children down. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of parents do that. You know, a child comes home and says, you know, in school today we had a special speaker or even the teacher. And the teacher said that there is no God, uh, but that God is just us and in the trees mm -hmm. and in the birds and everything. And our, our natural response is to go, are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. Listen, all of our life, that's so wrong. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Where do you think those trees and birds come from? Blah, 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 blah. We go, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and we believe, we believe that somehow the magical result of that is in our kids' hearts. They go, oh, oh yeah. I didn't realize I was wrong. Uh, yeah. Isn't Jesus so, amazing? Yeah, you just yeah, blamed he them. Is. We That's blame right. them for the teacher's yeah. ignorance. Yes, you know. So, but there, we do something else, <laughs> and we don't convince them of anything other than this. Whenever I have something that I think my parents will disagree with, I'm certainly not, not going to share. voice it here. Oh, mm. oh so it's instead of saying instead of saying to her, 
what, what do you think about that? Instead of giving her a chance to express herself. And even if she said, I believe, I think I believe that. Then you continue. Let's, let's continue this conversation because once again, there's only one thing worse than a child telling you something like, I have decided not to be a person of faith. I don't want that. And that's them not telling you that. Yeah. Right. It takes you out of the equation. Mm. And we lose control way before we believe we have lost control. Yes. But we do always have the opportunity to keep communication lines open. Mm. And I wrote in my book that that's one of the most important things of all is to keep those communication lines open. Well, I have a question, Ken. What do you think? Because I know there's some moms out there that think they have the open line of communication, but they don't. So, what do you mean? Tell me well, about that. like thinking, oh, yeah, I, my son, my son and daughter, they tell me everything or my kids, they tell me yeah. everything. And then you get a couple minutes with their kid and you'll realize that they are not telling their parents yeah. most yeah. Of their stuff. So, I mean, I guess it's a twofold question, but what would you say to the first person who wants to open up those lines of communication mm. um, to rebuild it? I know that's a different yeah. question. But two, what do you say to the parents not even aware of it? Like what you said at the beginning. Um how would you even become aware that there is a breakdown in communication? Yeah. Well, I think I think it is. Uh, those are two excellent questions. When the breakdown in communication has already happened, I think you do what what Ryan did. Hmm. You sit. You do a reset, mm. a start over. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, it, it's a it's 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 a start over, and it's a start over giving your child permission to tell you when you're back to the old style again. Mm, nice. Oh, I the, like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Just giving them permission to speak back. That's what that's it is. A, that's right. Holding that's us giving accountable. them permission. Yeah. And so many people say, well, it, it's mm. like uh, the, the words that a child needs to hear the most. This is also in my book. We might have to find a way to let your listeners get a hold of this. But yeah. anyway, the words that a child wants to hear most we found out doing an interview do you know what words they want to hear most mm. no guess three words i love, I love you? you i love you most important that isn't what blew our minds it was the second words they want to hear most from their parents i'm proud of you no i'm sorry oh. i was oh. wrong oh oh Oh, oh, yeah, now, that's I of told, course. I said that in a talk uh, in front of a bunch of uh, pastors and I'm not down. I'm not beating down pastors yeah. here. Yeah. But one of the guys came up and said, I would never tell my child that. Mm. Oh, yeah. that would erode my authority. Yeah. Oh, it's the opposite. It's so funny, Ken. My opposite. dad, uh, I come from a divorced family and my dad's awesome. My mom's passed away by now, but I will never forget the one time my dad apologized to me. And it was, I was in my twenties. And from then on, we have had an amazing yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah. That's all he said it once. And that's all I needed. Isn't that yep. interesting? So, oh, it's true. Yeah. But, that's fascinating. Wow. Kara Powell from uh, Fuller uh, Theological Institute, they've done a book called Sticky Faith. And they said, one of the key ingredients to your kids picking up your faith and it's sticking is your ability to apologize and to say you're sorry when you're wrong. That's right. Because instead of eroding your authority away... I want to hear this it now. builds it by... And, and it gives them permission to fail. That's right. I fail. You can fail. Yep. We still live within God's grace. Yep. Christ still Hello. died for us. Yeah. I still love you. I still yeah. appreciate you. I still value you. 
You deny the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ yeah. if you say otherwise. That's right. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Laura's dad also has another one. He says, get angry before you get angry. You know, it, until it's the blow up, yeah. start back here. You know something's going south. So yeah. nip it in the bud down here. Get angry before you get angry. You yeah. know, kind of a thing. That was a good one. And then with Lincoln, um, I, I'm just naturally hard on him. And here's the reason why. He takes correction easier. You know, today, I'm I'm better at taking correction than I was, especially since we first got married. Yes. I mean, I'm I telling you, I'm the greatest lawyer in the world. Not only am I not wrong, you're wrong. And by the time we're done with this conversation, you'll believe it too. <laughs> and with Lincoln, I would be like, you know, you did this wrong. You should do it better. And he'll go, okay, daddy, he's such a tender spirit. He's, and he wants to do good so bad that I correct him more often. Mm -hmm. And when I had that conversation to say, I'm so sorry, I've been so hard on you. It's totally unfair. I've held you to a standard that, that cannot be reached. If you see me doing this again, just say, dad, I'm a good kid. Mm -hmm. Because he is, he's a great kid. And this yeah. we went on a trip this summer to Alaska with my dad to go fishing and I know I'm hard on him and I was worried about this trip. I don't know why, but uh, with this trip, I just, I tried so hard to be that present dad. And when we got home, Laura asked and, and he goes, daddy only got mad at me one time the whole trip. That's what he remembered. And Laura told me and I got super defensive and she was like, no, no, I'm so proud of you. You did such a good job. And I was like, oh, okay. It's small that. victories. It's the small victories yeah. and the reset button. We say yeah. that in Rebel Parenting, the reset button is always within reach. Yep. Always within reach. Always. I, I, I agree. The other, the other question you asked about the parent who doesn't know, I think it's important to assume that from the beginning. Okay. And to continue assuming you don't know yep. everything. Yes. Your kids aren't going to come to you with yeah. everything. Mm. But you need to make that path as open as you can possibly, uh, as you can possibly make it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ken, let me ask you this. I think one of the ways my parents did that is they became great friends with my friends. You know, and I think that is so much easier to do today because we have so many absentee dads and so many loveless marriages that kids, Laura and I took our kids to the skate park in the middle of a day, middle of a school day. And there were like four or five kids there. And, and we went to the other side of the skate park. My kids are little and trying to keep them contained. Those kids followed us. Everywhere we went, they followed us and they kept sitting down next to Laura and they kept telling her when they got hurt and telling th stories, all yeah. these stories and I'm getting annoyed because I've got pot smokers next to my kids who are smoking pot next to my kids. And mm -hmm. when we left, we both realized these kids have absentee parents. They just That's want right. someone, just want someone an authority to figure to be like, oh, you're valuable. That's right. You have value. Someone loves you out there. They're just dying right. for it. Yep. Okay, with five minutes left, let's talk about this. As a 70-year-old a looking back on 50 years, Give me a couple of nuggets you'd tell your 20-year-old self in your marriage that would have, if you look back, you go, whoa, if I had just done this, you know, half of what we fought over or whatever it is. Is there something you look back on and be like, if I could have changed that, that would have been a key. Nope, I got nothing. No, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is, gonna be the best, this is gonna be the best broadcast. I can't wait, it's gonna be so no. much fun. 
Um, I would have paid more attention. Mm -hmm. It all goes back to the first thing. It's about me. So you come home. How are the bookings? What's going? I'd have had a date night. Mm. I'd have had a, a, a date night. I would have asked the question, where would you like to go? Mm. When she said, I, wanna, I want to watch um, Darlington Alley or whatever the yeah. name of that. Downton Abbey. <laughs> frou-frou show is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 I'd, have, I'd have said, I'll watch that with you. Sure, I'll watch that with you. We'll go to that, that girly movie. We, we really will. Um, mm. I, I would have just been more attentive to her. I, I was married to a woman who, who, um, whatever I decided was okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I mean, even today we talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. what would you like to do? Well, what would you like to do? Mm-hmm. No, no, honey. What would you like to do? But no, no, really. What would you like to do? <laughs> huh? We didn't have that conversation well, this part week. part of the thing is we have so many things in common that it's yeah. really easy. Yeah. He likes to skate. I like to surf. I like to skate. I mean, we're, we're blessed. We like music that, yeah. you know. So there's an element that's just easy yeah. that we are that's friends. Why, and that's why the it's distinction. Im- I like different things too. Right. Yeah. That's why it's important to find things that you love to do together. And and if you throw a kiss again, I'm hanging up. I'm just telling you. Okay. I... I, I <laughs> I heard that yeah. and it landed on me and I'm just, <laughs> that's right. I got a little Sharing throw up in my throat here. Good. But anyway, the, uh, yeah, I would find things you like to do. My wife loves to play golf. She has helped me play golf without being so competitive, just mm-hmm. enjoying the game. And, uh, but you know, if there's a last thing I'd like to say to your uh, audience, it's this. God doesn't give us permission to sin. Uh, but he gives us less permission to beat ourselves up when it happens. Mm. It, it, that isn't our job. Mm. He took care of the beat up part of it a long time ago. Our our job is to is to trust him that he still loves us and ask him. You know, when, when it talks in the Bible about making mis- and I'm saying this in regard to making mistakes with your children and your wife or whatever yeah. it is. Um it isn't your job to, it's a lack of faith when you beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Our rush mm-hmm. is to him to feel that grace, to feel that a release, which really gives us the power to move forward. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, there's almost no active verbs to describe how we do that. It's all passive. Surrender, whatever it is. It isn't reach down, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and mm-hmm. be a better dad tomorrow. Oh, right, wow. yeah. The other thing that I would say to your listeners that I hope would be valuable is this. There are no guarantees. You can be the best parent that ever walked the face of your earth. Your child is an individual human, and some children will decide to go in the opposite direction, even from the example that you've set on yeah. how it's a be done some children will walk away from unconditional love to to embrace something else Hmm. totally ken this is one of my favorite broadcasts thank you i'm I'm trying to we've known each other now for it's like 20 years yeah it's been at least that long i don't know if listeners know this you uh helped me get my start as a career speaker yes gave me advice great advice early on and when i 
left Family Talk a year ago. The first place I knew to go was the launch conference that you put on. I knew it right. would be beneficial. It's gotten us to where we are. Rebel Parenting wouldn't be here without the launch conference. It wouldn't be here wow. without you and Dan Miller and and all the people there. I love you. I appreciate you. I know our listeners Thanks. are going to fall in love with you too. Thanks for today. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was my pleasure to be with you and so glad to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Once again, sign up for the newsletter by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. Once again, text the word REBEL to 444-999. We'll see you again next week. God bless. God bless.